0: You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. acaville the only place where drums are replaced by boots and cats. At the top of the hour this hour, it's almost time for Bend. Coming up from February 10th through 12th in Oregon, the second annual Bend Acapella Festival is on the way. Building on the success of last year's inaugural event, this year's festival looks great. In addition to headliners Naturally 7 and Grammy-winning members of the Bobs as clinicians, the festival has partnered with the Acapella Education Association to give their high school competition winner an automatic fee-sponsored spot in the AEA national competition in April. There will be lots of other fun features and performances as well, and all access passes start at $70, so head to BendAcapellaFestival.com and get all the details.
1: Hello, Acapella fans. Welcome to Acapella, Acapella Radio's weekly talk show. I'm your host, John Lampus. Today, this is our 25th episode. This is our third season, and I'm really excited to be making this episode with our first third-time guest, Duncan Toomey. Hey. Not sure why I did that way, but I like it. (laughs) So everyone, uh, Duncan has obviously been on the show twice before talking about creating a group and before that, arranging. Duncan, what are we talking about today?
2: Well, you know, since it's the 25th uh, episode and since it's the holiday season, I figured that... Coincides just perfectly to do uh, an episode about holiday music.
1: Yay! We're actually recording this on Festivus, which is a uh, Seinfeld holiday, if no one remembers that. The 23rd, it's going to be airing right in the middle of the holiday joy, joy, that stuff. Yeah. Season? So, there you go. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, holiday music. Duncan, I, you know, I feel like you are now, um, a full-on like choir director yes a big that choir person where are you teaching now
2: uh, i'm teaching down in sweet home
1: oregon it's a small district in the lynn county area very cool dude so i feel like the issue of holiday music we should i shouldn't call it an issue but the holiday music in general that can be a really tricky subject for a lot of people in a lot of different ensembles whether it's instrumental or vocal, choral, or just, you know, or straight acapella. So I feel like it's it's a topic that we should definitely talk about because it's something we all have to face. You as a choir director, me as, you know, doing acapella. What's, what's your hot take? Just quick, like, opinion on holiday music, broad strokes. Well, I mean, if you
2: are a member of any music ensemble, if you participate in music in any regard, holiday music is unavoidable. Yeah. Um, and that's regardless of... Whatever holiday you're celebrating in this season, or you know, if if you're someone who doesn't follow a religious mm-hmm. holiday or anything like that, it's still pretty difficult to get away from. I mean, you will this, hear it if you're not performing yeah, it. You this, will hear it. This time of year <laughs> is categorized by familiar tunes that that we hear uh, every single year. Yep, uh, and it's there's there is no getting away from it, and so yep. it's uh, as as a member of. Uh, music ensembles and as a director Mm now um, it's something that has to be addressed Uh, yeah um, and so yeah the the way that uh, the way that you select what pieces to do the way that you Mm -hmm. uh, choose to arrange pieces if that's something that you or your group is doing Mm -hmm. um, or even just the uh, uh, performance venues and things like that uh, they matter a great deal because this is this is the time of year when you can one, put together pieces very quickly mm-hmm. uh, because they're so familiar. But two, this is also where people are in the giving spirit. That's where
1: you can yeah. garner the most support for your yep. group. I remember we always did uh, in high school uh, the most performances we did in like a certain season. It was always the holiday season. It was always going on performing for like the Rotary Club, the Women's League, like all mm-hmm. these, you know, organizations that could potentially give us money or give money mm-hmm. to the school, give money to the organizations. Absolutely. So, you know, I think that's that. That's one of the kind of the positive side, and but when I'm thinking about holiday music, and I'm you know I'm looking at okay, so um, I'm planning out right now our, uh, the set list for my new a cappella group. We're, mm-hmm. It's January, so obviously not doing any holiday music. But when I've done that in the fall, I'm kind of my focus is okay. I just want to do like really cool arrangements, and I just want to do fun stuff, and I want to do stuff that is for the group rather than for like a holiday or for like an outside. Almost non musical kind of thing. But so, so my, you know, I plan all this music and then I'm like, okay, we rehearse it, you know, starting end of August, beginning of September. And then we get into like, you know, November or October, we're performing this. And you need to start, if you want to do holiday music, you got to start right around then because mm-hmm. you, you have to like start performing it really in early December. So for me, my initial thing is like, I don't, I don't know if I want to do this. Like it's just going to take up time. And I think for a cappella groups, that is a really dangerous um, kind of category to put yourself in and kind of a dangerous approach because you are preventing yourself. You are not availing yourself of some really great opportunities, like you said, to get support for your group, even though it's, it might feel like kind of quote unquote commercial. Mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of ways um, and a lot of different facets of holiday music that can be explored and rejiggered and just approached differently to both offer your group like a fun musical challenge and to provide a satisfying performance and also you know go out and have old ladies give you money like as, yeah. <laughs> as as if we're just gonna be blatant so i you know it's it's a tricky situation and i know for me i think our first year um because we were going through group member changes for one thing but also we just didn't do really any uh holiday music um in Timberman, in my undergrad group, for our mm-hmm. first like our first winter semester, because we were going through changes in the group, but also just like we were like, well, we don't want to do that stuff. But all the other groups did do holiday music; they got to perform right, at the right. school holiday functions and everything. And we're just like, huh, yeah. maybe we should do that.
2: Well, that's uh, kind of the way Crossman was. Well, Crossman officially didn't start until uh, January. Until right? January, yeah. we recorded our first song in December, but mm-hmm. we didn't like take off.
1: Until yeah. January, and it's and I think it'd be kind of weird to, I mean, maybe not weird, but when I'm when you're doing like your first performances for a group, you probably don't want them to be holiday music, like when you're mm-hmm. first being created, because it's you want something that's like, hey, this is our right. group identity, not just like, hey, we're singing this tune because it's a well-known tune.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, some groups are identified solely yes. by their uh, yeah. by their holiday music, or not solely, but, but at like least primarily. initially,
1: but in creating. Crossman that was obviously yeah. not the you were going for a broader appeal.
2: Yeah. So I mean when we when we started that it was you know mostly just about hanging out and singing and the time of the year was uh, I suppose such that holiday music was a possibility but it wasn't mm-hmm. our primary focus. Yeah.
1: Cuz um, again if you're starting in December you can't start learning yeah. holiday music in December and expect to perform it.
2: Yeah. But what's interesting is Crossman never actually did a standalone holiday concert. Yeah. Uh, whenever we did holiday concerts, we were uh, we did it as a collaborative effort with the other mm-hmm. a cappella groups on campus. Yeah, um, and so it was it, it was never uh, you know just us.
1: Yeah, um, well, because that's a lot to put on, and I think you know as I'm like I said, I'm working on a set list right now. While I'm doing that, I'm looking for how can I make this the most varied, fun, you know, diverse set list that offers all these experiences, and by that nature. By holiday music's nature, it's, you're not going to get all that stuff. You're not going to get mm-hmm. all these things in different styles. Mm-hmm. So I think, and this is what they did at CSU as well, is they do, um, they do like a holiday performance with all the a cappella groups because you get the variety then, while well, not through the actual music, through the performing groups. Mm-hmm. And that makes it, I think, a little more... Uh, it's just a little more fun and a little less um, just kind of sitting there here in the same stuff. Yeah,
2: it also uh, it goes back to that point that you were mentioning earlier Mm -hmm. about the rehearsal time that it takes. Mm -hmm. If you have a larger uh, selection of groups performing then Mm -hmm. that means each of them doesn't have to take as much rehearsal time to learn all of these different holiday songs. Yeah. You know, instead of Uh, one group prepping like 12, 15 songs. Yeah,
1: which is Uh, then if you want to do that, you're not going to perform like anything else in your first semester, in fall semester. You've
2: you've got, you know, maybe like three to five groups performing three Mm -hmm. to five songs each, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, know. a lot more manageable. um, And
1: just more entertaining for the audience because they get to see more. Yeah,
2: you get to mix things up, you know, nothing gets stagnant or stale.
1: Yeah, so we just kind of hit on the big kind of holiday topics there so like everything related to holiday music so let's dive into a few of these (laughs) like in depth so when you're planning you know as like when you're planning holiday music i think there's a lot of things to consider um one thing that i always found can be really cool and this this probably actually applies more for choral ensembles but Mm -hmm. if you're doing a holiday concert there are you know a couple a handful of tunes that can fit in both like a holiday uh, performance and also like spring performances. Maybe mm-hmm. pieces that, um, like you could do like Sarah Bareilles and Ingrid um, uh, Michaelson's "Winter Song." Like, mm-hmm. That's a great tune, and you can perform it in like you know the winter. But you could perform that in like spring. It's, it's true. It's, it's, it's
2: not. It's not so directly focused. Yeah. It
1: t- I mean, it talks about December, but the the theme is about like you know love and all that mm-hmm. stuff, and it kind of straddles those two. Um, two uh genres in a sense or two feelings which i think yeah. so just when you're programming i think it's don't feel like okay well i need to go find the most christmasy songs of all time right but then i think there's also duncan something you mentioned when we talked about this like so i i remember when i was choosing holiday music uh my friend had a cool arrangement of Feliz Navidad that we did and then i just went online and found a version of the boar's head carol and we just did those two songs and they were you know Felice Navidad was a a little more uh, jazzy and fun but it was still very much like okay when you hear this the audience knows the lyrics they know like even if they don't realize that they know the chord changes they know what's happening but I think a way that we can do holiday music that you've mentioned is like what if we don't just do the same arrangements or the same interpretations of these holiday songs and let's mix them up to both give ourselves so you know something exciting to do just musically and also it i'm pretty sure the audience appreciates it when holiday classics are reimagined in a more fun way
2: yeah well i mean the uh the the way that holiday music is performed nowadays people will get bored if you're just doing the same versions of the same Mm -hmm. songs because most christmas carols that we know are are you know pretty standard hymn arrangements Mm -hmm. um homophonic like block
1: chords Yeah. yeah
2: Um, which, you know, it's nice. And if you'd have a couple of those in your set, that's great. They come together really quickly and they can sound really beautiful. Yeah. But I think what it really comes down to is innovation is the key to keeping an audience in a Christmas concert. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think probably the, the shining example of that is, uh, straight No chasers version of the 12 days, 12 days of Christmas. Yeah. Um, because it takes that familiar tune and then it completely turns it on its head. Yeah. It's funny, it's fast-paced, it's entertaining uh, and it, it takes all of those thoughts, like you mentioned uh, people will know the lyrics, they'll know the chord changes it takes those thoughts from so many different songs mm-hmm. and twists them it twists them together in a way that uh, Reconceptualizes,
1: no one Yeah, puts them all in different contexts. Yeah,
2: no one will see it coming. Yeah. Uh, upon their first listen, but they will immediately recognize and have a
1: good time listening. Yeah, to it. they're they're seeing stuff they like in a new in a new way with new music. They recognize, you know, you're saying the same words, but maybe and the melody's the same. I me- I remember um, for on one of Stranger Chasers' earlier albums, they did uh, Mr. Grinch. And mm-hmm. you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. And they just come I mean, it's a completely different song. They just yeah. recomposed. They just made a new song instead of like I mean, they have some parts similar, but mm-hmm. like the actual like melody and background is it's a different tune. Yeah. And I love it. And it's and for me, it's a cool interpretation because they still have the low bass singer singing the same, you know, called, you're a mean one or whatever. Right. But then they have like the high tenor doing like over it. It's just it's yeah. a fun interpretation. And then um In Twelve Days of Christmas, in their version of that, they do uh, they mix up holiday the the original Twelve Days of Christmas with the tune from Toto's Africa, Mm -hmm. which is a piece they perform. So that's you know it's it's really really cool. Just taking again those words and putting them on a different song. We know the words. We probably I feel like more people in the world probably know like Jingle Bells more than Toto's Africa. Just Mm -hmm. like on a very broad sense. And I think when you when you kind of mix and match like this and you try to create something new, um, yeah, it's gonna be, it's not as easy for the musicians. And, but that's like, we don't ever want things to be super easy in regards to whenever we're learning music or we're like preparing it because then we're not putting in a hundred percent. We're just kind of going through. And that's that's the thing with um, when we're doing a lot of these holiday tunes in just the like kind of normal way, in the normal arrangements, we're, they're not gonna sound as good, not just because everyone else has heard them, because we're bored singing them right? so doing the stuff that Straight No Chaser does and all that and making them fun like yeah. more power to them and, and uh, going back to that that whole album actually yeah. has
2: tons of of ways that they play with these songs I'm yeah. thinking in particular of their version of We Three Kings which oh, spices yeah, yeah. it together with the Mission Impossible theme yeah. Um, yeah, which again you're playing with familiarity in a different mm-hmm. way because most people will at least have heard the uh, yeah. tune if they haven't listened to the uh, or, if they haven't watched the films, yeah, um because it's just it's so recognizable. And then
1: restructuring mm-hmm. the the We Three Kings Carol within that context. It's cool. audiences like, even like, you know, you and me and other experienced acapella people we'll'll we'll see that and not see through it, but we're like, oh, that's we get we get a sense of that's cool musically, what they did, but people mm-hmm. who don't you aren't as musically versed, they're going to just be blown away. Because yeah. they're like, what? They're doing that with that? It's to like the layman, I feel like that is such a, a like revolutionary thing mm-hmm. because it's just not, it's just not what they're expecting. So I think it's really cool when groups, lean into that more and more. And I think we should all be trying to do that.
2: Yeah. I think the key really to a successful and innovative innovative, uh, holiday arrangement is familiarity Mm -hmm. because all of this music is already familiar, but Mm -hmm. you need to take that which is familiar and turn it into something novel. Mm -hmm. But doing so with things that people are already familiar with is going to be the quickest and most gratifying way to Mm -hmm. do that. Now that said, on that same album, they have some uh, individual innovations on different songs. Mm-hmm. Like I personally really enjoy their rendition of "O oh Holy Night," yeah, uh, which completely changed the uh, the feel of the mm-hmm. piece. It, it has a, a little softer groove. Yeah,
1: it's more kind of solo focus. Yeah. yeah, and it's I agree. And then they also on their Christmas albums they've done like original Christmas tunes. They have yes. uh, Indiana Christmas, which is one of my like favorite holiday tunes now i just Mm -hmm. love that tune uh and then also like who spiked the eggnog which i'm pretty certain is an original by them yeah and and that's christmas can can yeah all Mm -hmm. that stuff it's just very i love that because there's like 20 actual like holiday songs mainly christmas ones and you know we're talking about the challenges of making those fun but if there's like original holiday tunes like those can be so entertaining Mm -hmm. and those can just like really no one's expecting that no one's expecting you to they're expecting to know everything when they go into these performances so it's 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 you know and if it's originally composed for your group or it's just a lesser known thing you you identify you become identified with that tune and you're bringing the audience something very new and very innovative in a way Mm -hmm. that they just haven't seen before
2: yeah and now original tunes around uh the holiday season are a really tricky subject um if you think about uh holiday music mm-hmm. for the past oh, 80, 90 years. Yeah. Um, the, the vast majority of popular uh, holiday music is either uh, traditional hymns and, mm-hmm. and choral music or uh, jazz standards from the earlier portion of the 20th century. Um, if you think about popular um, Christmas songs that came from maybe the last 20 years or so, they're are not a lot that really stand out the no. the one that immediately jumps to mind for me is uh, all i want for christmas is you yep. by uh, mariah carey which was you know widely popular uh, yeah. at its uh, time of release and it's continued uh, yeah. but you know i've i've listened to various uh groups from throughout the years uh try out new holiday songs that just don't stick yeah um and so it's difficult.
1: They're it's not really, embedded in the culture. They're yeah, not embedded in the traditions.
2: It's really difficult to to make that work. And I think part of what makes the uh, the Mariah Carey original work is that it draws upon a lot of those familiar themes. Mm-hmm. You know, it has the feel of a letter addressed to Santa Claus, but not yeah. exactly. Um and you know it draws upon a lot of uh, holiday tropes mm-hmm. that that make that familiar aspect work just well enough that the original content can shine. Yeah, like if you if you I don't know if you've listened to Straight Note Chasers' most recent holiday mm-hmm. album, but uh, a lot of the originals on that I was disappointed by. Really? Yeah. Um, they they lacked they lacked a certain potency. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, in terms of holiday elements, mm-hmm. that it made it difficult for the piece itself to uh, stick. Yeah, and so it, it's it's very hit and miss when you want to do mm-hmm. holiday originals. I know for uh, when I was in Crossman, I mm-hmm. uh, composed an original using a, a hymn text from a family friend, mm-hmm. uh, called "A Tiny Babe in Manger Lay." Yeah, and. While it was a fun song to sing, I could not see that piece going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because I put it in uh, five four and no, uh, oh, yeah, and Lydian. Lydian. Uh, so that is that is hard. It was extremely unfamiliar, and it's a fun listen, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a fun sing. But at the end of the day, it's not going to be a lasting holiday song.
1: Yeah, and that's. And I think some of these some of these things are just out of our control. Some of these things are just like, how widely disseminated are these things? Like, how often are they played? How much airtime are they getting? How are, is it, one of the reasons it's so easy for these holiday classics to be reinforced is everyone has access to like an arrangement or a version of right. it. It's not like, I mean, I, I absolutely love uh, Who Spiked the Eggnog, but it's not like you can, one, you can go Carol that, but I think it's appealing because it's, it's very rooted. They're talking about all the different members of the group and like, who yeah. did it? But it's like, and while you can't go out and carol that, um, I mean, we could try. It'd be pretty <laughs> weird. I'd be down to, though. Um, but, you know, some of these, uh, th- there's there has to be some kind of roots they set down. They have to, yeah. somehow, it can't just be, you know, in our second episode ever, we talked about acapella originals, and we talked about your piece, and we talked about all that stuff. Those have, those don't need as much, like, cultural like grounding but they're they're sense. not
2: so charged by yeah. the by the
1: the frame of the performance yeah it's just it's they're judged much more on the actual musicality and the the overall impression whereas holiday tunes are judged by okay here's the the actual song and then how is it impacting how is it getting attached to the christmas culture and how does it interact with that and what's the message mm-hmm. so it's it's much harder for uh, original holiday tunes to hold on you know have a cultural foothold when compared to just standard acapella tunes standard yeah. original acapella tunes yeah. so it's hard so if you're making an original cappella tune out there let us know because we want to hear it mm-hmm. well and
2: one of the ways around the uh the original issue is again the uh the holiday mashup mm-hmm. taking taking all of these different songs and smashing them together um so let's go ahead and have a listen to probably one of my favorites and one of the most famous uh, Mm -hmm. holiday mashups uh, out there. And that's uh, Straight No Chasers version of The Twelve
1: Days of Christmas. Boom. Let's take a listen here on Tacapella.
3: On the first day of Christmas my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas my true love gave to me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. On the fourth day of Christmas on the third day of Christmas my true love gave to me five five golden rings. Four, calling Three please. French hens, Two, turtle doves, and yeah. a partridge in a pear tree On the ninth day of Christmas, my true, day of Christmas, Christmas my true nine, love gave to me Nine ladies dancing, eight ladies dancing, seven, seven ladies, dancing, ladies, six, ladies dancing, six ladies, six, dancing, ladies six,
4: dancing, five You better not shout, you better not cry,
3: you better not In, in a pear, pear tree. tree on the ninth, no. no. on, no. on the eighth eight, oh. oh. On the seventh oh. day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Seven sons a swimming, a among on five golden rings Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle ducks, Every come the the boar's, boar's head in There i be decked with base and partridge in a pear tree On the eleventh day of Christmas my true love gave to me Eleven pipers piping, dumb, ten lords a-leaping, nine ladies dancing Eight maids a-milking, seven swans a-swimming, six geese a laying Five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, And Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer on the twelfth day of Christmas, my I true love gave
4: to dreidel, me... I have a little dreidel, I made it out of clay And hey, when it's dry oh, well, and ready, well,
0: well, a dreidel well, I well, shall well, play well, Oh, oh dreidel... Oh. Twelve days of Christmas. What? Yeah, Christmas. Eight, eight days of Hanukkah. Oh. It's a Christmas medley.
3: On the twelfth day of Christmas,
4: my true love gave to me... On the twelfth day, my true love gave to me... Twelve drummers drumming like Olympus above the surrogate Ba 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 ba, da, ba, ba. Eleven pipers piping Ten lords a-leaving Night da, ladies dancing, they were dancing for me ba, 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 do. Eight maids a-milking, they were milking just for me ba, 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 do. I had Christmas down in Africa ba, 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 do. I am Christmas down in Africa. I am Christmas down in Africa. Partridge in a big bear tree. Partridge in a big bear
0: tree. (laughs) You're listening to community supported Acaville Radio, streaming a cappella around the clock at accaville.org. Acaville, the only place where drums are replaced by boots and cats.
2: And welcome back to Tacapella with host John Lampus and guest Duncan Toomey here on Occaville Radio.
1: Hey hey, so we just listened to Straight No Chasers the Twelfth Days of Christmas. If you haven't heard that before, that's weird. That's that's a strange thing. You should mm-hmm. you should stop listening to this. I feel like if you go listen to that again. If you haven't heard that
2: before but you listen to Occaville Radio, there's a uh, there's a of lapsing communication yep. there are so <laughs> many times
1: on this show where i just tell people like if you haven't heard that you're weird and i just berate them oh. i don't know i don't know how they feel about that but i'm just gonna keep doing it so you know we basically hear like every big christmas song in that last thing but i think mm. there's a lot of other things as we're talking about holiday music like how do how do we be more inclusive as you know leaders of a cappella groups and how do we you know, not everyone in our group might be. You know, not everyone celebrates Christmas, and not everyone celebrates Hanukkah, and some mm-hmm. people don't celebrate either. Some people celebrate Festivus. There are no Festivus songs, mm-hmm. though, so that's off the hook.
2: But yeah, there are lots of holidays in this season. Yeah, um, you know, Kwanzaa as well is, Solstice, a, is one in there. You know, all this stuff. Um, so yeah, and we mentioned in the earlier portion of the show just how important uh, the familiar aspect of music is. Yeah. But there are so many. Uh, and, and so wide a variety of songs out there for this season that are not immediately recognizable, or, or at least less recognizable than yeah. than you know your standard uh, holiday tunes that get played on a constant loop over the radio. Yep. Um, so in terms of acapella, there's a. Uh, there's not as much that you see because these groups are really yeah. going for that familiar aspect, mm-hmm. but there are rare instances where they can uh, bring to light some of these pieces yeah.
1: that aren't uh, aren't as aren't as well known. Popular. Aren't as, yeah, aren't as like culturally embraced. Which is which is interesting, as you said, because that's almost that's kind of in conflict with the appeal mm-hmm. of holiday music. But I feel like if you can remind people, hey, this is actually holiday music, they they will latch on to it more. And those right. those tunes. Will start to become more in the in the ouvre the repertoire all mm-hmm. that I, I don't know what French word I tried to say there I think I literally just, is that is that a yep. word Well what do you know I learned something in college <laughs> um, But like what what are some of these pieces that you're thinking of Duncan Well I mean
2: you know I'm I'm a music history bird. nerd. bird uh, <laughs> free bird just free bird <laughs> uh, I'm a music history nerd so I I like to default to um, a lot of earlier music uh, Yeah like there is a uh, I, now I'm thinking chorally here uh-huh. um, but there is a really uh, fantastic uh, Christmas choral piece Ea mm-hmm. um yeah, that, that we did with my high school chamber choir mm-hmm. but it has its place also in the uh, a cappella setting because mm-hmm. since early music is what it is largely the choral music that comes out of that is unaccompanied and yeah. is a cappella um, I know that on their most recent album, straight No chaser did a version of Luly Lulay, mm-hmm. uh, which again, Great early piece. music piece, they, they modernized it a little bit, which mm-hmm. artistically, I don't know if I agree with that yeah, decision. That's, because, a to, that's because, an interesting one. Like, to, just cause, cause I'm a nerd and a purist yeah, in that regard. Like um, but you know, I think that they, they took a bold step with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and it's a way to get people yeah, who don't know it as much to kind of look back at the old one too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I love, I love archaic language, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like the the holiday season is a time really when you can bring that out, yeah. Uh, and and people will just kind of roll with it, you mm-hmm. know. They know that they're not watching Shakespeare, but they 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 get a, a taste of of some more archaic manner of speaking, yeah. yeah. Uh, that
1: uh, like we did. Um, yeah. What was that tune that you and I did in high school? It was the. Um, It was with, like, the Celtic drum, and it was like a... Coventry carol. That was it. Yeah, that was... I mean, it was like an old... I don't know if it was, you know, how often that is performed, but I feel like, you know, we're speaking in old style, you know, ye olde, stuff like that, and people could tell, you know, we had the drum going and whatnot. People could tell, okay, maybe if you just spoke this to them, they might not be sure if it was Christmas or not, but it it sounds old, as Mm -hmm. as silly as it sounds, and it was a good arrangement of it, and it, it... I feel like, while it might not be, you know, Jingle Bells, it's something that they could tell was still holiday music because of the presentation, how it all came together, and because of the, you know, uh, modal nature of it, and it just kind of, I felt like in that performance, uh, diversified the holiday repertoire that we were singing, mm-hmm. and I really, really liked that. Yeah, I think it's
2: it's important to have a, uh, a touch of music that uh, people will not you know, immediately recognize, And so having, having that medieval quality, having Mm -hmm. things like Coventry Carol, having things like, uh, the the Boar's boar's head. head. That was jinx. Jinx. Dang it. You, you owe me a soda now. Okay. Let's stop. I'm going to soda. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: Um,
2: but having those things, uh, and, and that's the reason I mentioned earlier, uh, a tiny babe in manger lay, that, uh, composition that I did for Crossman. Uh, I wanted it to be, you know, rhythmically, different and mm-hmm. modal because it harkens to yeah. that uh that uh, early music style yep um, i didn't
1: like i didn't know the boar's head before we performed it at all i never heard that and everyone's like you don't know that mm-hmm. piece and i i've sung it in other places and a lot of people still don't know that piece yeah. and it's it's even actually embedded in that
2: uh 12 days of christmas yep and yep. for yeah, for yep. like three bars or so yeah um, and I,
1: I remember hearing that after i had We had sung it. I was like, "Hey, this is like an actual tune that people know, even though it is not like as kind of surface level Mm -hmm. as other stuff." So it's cool that we can dig into this stuff. And then I think there's also we need to just like what we need to not just do Christmas music. We Mm -hmm. need to like you know, and I'm you know I'm woefully you know uninformed, and I think most people are uninformed. And like, okay, what Jewish songs do we perform? Right. What Kwanzaa songs songs do we perform? Like, what else? What other traditions can we respect which will further – it will just enrich our performances even more if we are – because I feel like a lot of times um, that this stuff can come off when we include like Jewish songs and stuff. And if you just include one Jewish song in an entire like winter Mm Christmas-themed concert, it's just tokenism. Yeah. That's what it
2: is. And oftentimes what I'll see is people will simply pick – a piece that is in Hebrew. Yep. It is not, it's it not actually be, Hanukkah. Yeah, related. It won't be holiday directed. It's just like, we recognize there are other cultures. Yes. But there is actually a, a wealth of music, uh, surrounding the, the, uh, holiday, the wintertime holidays mm-hmm. for various different cultures. Yeah, that,
1: I, I had to do a, <coughs> um, what do you call it? I had to, for one of my assignments, I had to program like a winter concert and we ended like in this fictional concert, we ended with, um, a song for, like, Muslim Eid. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, I think it is our duty as, both as a cappella leaders and um, a choral director and a hopeful future choral director to really push this stuff and to further diversify yeah. our our performances in this way.
2: Yeah, and this this type of music exists uh, in the a cappella realm as well. Yeah. I mean, there are some groups like uh, like the Maccabees yep. uh, that they largely direct their focus at uh, at jewish holiday music yeah. because they are a, a jewish group yeah uh and i like think jewish acapella like, is on the rise it is like yeah. like
1: it's a really cool mix there i really yeah. like that. and
2: i'll clarify not just holiday music yeah. but but they do have yeah. holiday uh stuff
1: yeah um oh yeah and i know there's um like something i've seen i can't remember what group it is but i know there was a jewish acapella group that uh covered um uh, taylor swift shake it off really but it was all in like relation to hanukkah like, hmm. It's hanukkah Hanukkah, and it was just like it was, yeah. it's, it's really fun it was yeah. i really really liked it and i think i mean that that goes back to what we were saying before about taking something that's very familiar and superimposing it and combining it with something that is familiar in a different way yeah and then you get something that's just awesome yeah, that people don't expect
2: play with the familiarity the, the familiarity aspect yeah boom um and then in terms of uh in terms of you know just these these other groups these other uh, holidays around this mm-hmm. time of year, uh, I feel like in general there just isn't enough focus uh, in at least contemporary American society, which is mm-hmm. basically all that I know uh, yep. on on these uh, other holidays on these other holidays. Just from like, even like a commercial perspective, you, you see references to you see references to Hanukkah every now and again, but you don't you don't see that in mm-hmm. uh, and you know the your standard run of the mill things like that.
1: I remember the Rugrats Hanukkah special. Yeah, like that's that was my first exposure to what Hanukkah is. Besides, like my friends just ta- like my Jewish friends explaining it to me. It's not. Yeah. yeah, it is just overall. I don't think anyone would argue that it's just not as embedded in popular culture. Yeah, and, and in what like people are exposed to. Yeah, and like even in the in the subtle things. Yeah. you know,
2: like you see. You'll you'll see uh, obviously in TV shows and movies and mm-hmm. stuff like that characters who are Jewish lighting a menorah things like yeah. that but you won't see that in in your like average commercial this time of nope. year yeah because the focus is going to be Christmas yep. Uh, yep you know you're not going to see references to Kwanzaa uh, in in your standard uh, like you're not going to see that on a billboard as you're driving oh, down no. the highway yeah you know.
1: So, and that's, you know, that's a bummer and that speaks to a larger issue of like diversity and inclusion in America as a whole, which is something I don't think we're going to solve today on talk. Right. That's
2: true. But we're we're getting a little beyond our scope. no, Uh. No, but
1: I think that's all really important to understand the cultural context that as we try to create the most inclusive and like entertaining and culturally rich performances. Um, that will, you know, touch and mean something to a lot of people, understanding the context in yeah. terms of popular culture and how these each function and how they are seen in American popular culture, knowing that I think that helps us do things and approach things slightly differently in a way that will be the most um Rewarding for all involved and for all listening.
2: Yeah, and you know, like when we're when you're programming your your holiday program uh, for mm-hmm. either your choir, your acapella group, whatever, um, you know, program with diversity in mind. Yeah. But be sure that when you do that, you're programming with intelligence that yeah. you're picking the types of pieces that are appropriate for yeah. the uh,
1: and probably just a good thing if yeah, they're the arranged concert. or composed by people from that faith, that yeah. culture, rather than just you know a Christian white guy who's like. You know how many African processional[s] have we done that 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 are are, written by white guys? (laughs) Yeah, you are kind of like, well, we heard this somewhere. That's more cool focus, but it's the same thing. It's like we when when a cappella groups, you know, I I, I would say a cappella groups have a bigger uh, impact on cultural impact on like millennials, and then like the standard choral world. I Mm -hmm. would say in regards to they're just more. It's just a different part of popular culture, and I think they can be a great vehicle for presenting uh, just as choir is but just in a different way into a different audience presenting mm-hmm. uh, rich holiday performances that are culturally aware and also and impact people of all faiths and creeds and all that stuff
2: yeah there's there's a lot of power in what uh, a cappella groups do in terms of speaking to not not only mm-hmm. our current generation but to generations of the past as well because of uh, the way that they adapt familiar tunes yeah um Really adapting a uh, a a holiday tune for uh, for a cappella is not particularly different from adapting, you know, yeah. a popular song.
1: I um, feel like people are just more if they don't go like the full like let's totally reinvent this thing, they're mm-hmm. a little they're like, Oh, well let's just kinda stick to what's what's yeah. mostly there. It's cause because yeah. everyone's familiar with it. I think a lot of people are afraid, oh well we don't want to mess with, you know, what's already established, which I say mess with it. Change mm-hmm. it all up. Be
2: yeah fun. Yeah. You know, don't, don't be afraid to rock the boat. And you have, uh, in some of these, uh, lesser known holiday songs, you have a little more room to explore, yeah. um, because they don't have that familiar, uh, familiarity aspect. Yeah. I have to say that word so much and I keep on messing it up.
1: Yeah. I'm, um, <laughs> I'm going to say it wrong. I'm sure.
2: Yeah. Um, and so you you hear that uh, like that's the reason Straight No Chaser could do that with Lulé Lule. Yeah,
1: there's uh, not as big. People aren't going to riot if you change mm-hmm. Lule, Lule Well, A couple will. Yes, My, okay? <laughs> you, you will riot. Okay, you is it a, is it a riot if it's just like two people? No, nah, is it just a disturbance? I'm pretty sure that's
2: that. Yeah, that's just a public disturbance.
1: I would like to see this riot, this public disturbance slash riot. Mm-hmm. I would love to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. First, I should listen to the
2: recording. Octaville Radio <laughs> does in no way condone rioting. Um,
1: <laughs> um, no, I get what you mean. I, yeah, I agree, and I think um, Duncan, you mentioned a song uh, that we're going to listen to here in a sec that you feel really kind of leans into this whole you know reimagining kind of thing and just kind of representing classic holiday tunes in a new way.
2: Yeah. So um, the the tune that we're going to listen to in a second to is. Uh, Organ-based acapella group rescues version of "Mary Did You Know," which, again, it's a lesser-known uh, holiday tune. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, uh, it is, you know, recognizable enough to those uh, yeah. who have done. It's you know, it's
1: not it's not listening. major as silly as that mm-hmm. sounds. So it's not something you play as much on like. It's and, true.
2: Yeah, I, I this is a side note that we'll get into later, but I love minor christmas songs mm-hmm. and minor holiday songs there's there's a lot of depth in that uh, but we'll get to that in a second um christmas
1: time is here charlie brown those chords right. oh my gosh <laughs> if you're performing christmas tunes do christmas time is here okay back mm-hmm. to dunk <laughs> back to being on point
2: but this is uh their version of mary did you know which it keeps a lot of the uh the core harmonic structure and things yeah. like that but there is a lot of uh really cool uh just vocal tricks that they do with it, yeah um that you'll hear, and it's a group of I think uh five or six mm-hmm. uh at least the recording at uh that we're listening to yeah. because the the membership of the group has changed mm-hmm. over the years but yeah let's uh have a listen to this version of Mary did you know
4: oh <laughs>
0: Listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming Acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, giving listeners worldwide something to sing about.
1: Hey everyone, back here on Tacapella. We just listened to Rescue, an Acapella group based in Oregon, and they sang Mary Did You Know, which is a and we're talking about how they kind of reinvented the song and just made it. I mean, let's be honest, pretty sexy and pretty freaking cool. Mm-hmm. And that's really awesome that they did that. Yeah,
2: it's it's such a killer arrangement. It's and really I've, good. Uh, I've uh, heard adaptations based on that
1: version. Yeah. Uh, and performed a couple of them. Sorry, guilty as charged. I, I know uh, you did. <laughs> this was, that was actually the first. I don't think I've ever actually heard the original Mary, Did You Know? Because I've only heard mm-hmm. your version and their version. So, mm-hmm. fun fact.
2: Yeah. So, uh, it's, yeah, an, an awesome piece. And there are a lot of other... Uh, a lot of other acapella groups are now doing versions of it. Pentatonix has a version of it now. Uh, Straight No Chaser has a version of it Mm now. Um, But that was the the first acapella version of that song that I'd heard. uh, And it's it's just so cool. Yeah. But that song, uh, and I mentioned this earlier, that song is one of those really powerful minor Christmas tunes. Mm -hmm. And there are a handful of them. uh, And... uh, I mean, like the probably the most recognizable one is "Carol of the Bells." Yeah, um, but there are there are a lot of them out there uh, that are uh, seldom explored because they don't have that jolly feel. Yeah, uh, you know, you hear You're not maybe, playing commercials. Yeah, no, you hear well, you hear "Carol of the Bells" yeah. in commercials, but um, you know, uh, these these songs, uh, even in holiday concerts and things like that, you hear maybe two of them. Yeah, uh, in the set uh which is a shame because there is so there is such a deep wealth of mm-hmm. uh of musical possibility yeah. in these in these different uh minor pieces um and like altogether my my favorite uh christmas carol of all mm-hmm. time in general is o come o come Emmanuel, mm-hmm. uh which you know it's it's based on the the plain song veni em- yeah. uh, Emmanuel uh that gets adapted a lot um mm-hmm. but the uh, that that piece itself, it's got such a wonderful melody that yeah, works so well. Uh, and actually, just uh, what last weekend I think, uh, or the no the weekend before, uh, Pacific Youth Choir uh, mm-hmm. did a uh, did their their holiday concert yeah. and uh, performed my new arrangement of that piece, which That's is awesome. a, a vocal jazz exploration yeah. of of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, um, which. It, it came off really well and, and people you know mm-hmm. people enjoyed it because it was a new take on, on a, a song that is yeah. kind of familiar but not overplayed yep, yep. Uh, and that's where that's where a lot of these these minor Christmas tunes come in yeah. is that they are kind of familiar but they're not overplayed
1: yeah and they lend themselves to just, just that nature I and mean, you know we've talked about this um, when we had our episode on arranging when we talked about Light um, a Roman Candle when we're talking about this is a great tune people aren't like die hard attached to it because it's not Mm -hmm. as crazy popular so we were able to do more fun things with it and just change it up in a way that people aren't gonna like i you know i i remember um uh i had like a family friend tell me they really didn't like a performance of the star spangled banner because it added like harmonies and did all this different Mm -hmm. stuff because there's the the idea of when you're arranging and whether it's holiday or just regular tunes uh You know cultural and audience audience cultural attachment to certain Mm -hmm. ways things are heard that can you know it can it can affect how well it's received yeah so i think uh you know these slightly lesser known christmas songs and or just holiday tunes in general that can be kind of revamped and um used as a playground to do some more fun stuff whether it's Mm -hmm. jazz chords um or not
2: and and speaking of uh jazz chords uh there is a lot of really cool uh, vocal jazz music that's mm-hmm. that's based around some of these these minor Christmas tunes. Yeah, um, the 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 one that comes to mind immediately for me is a Group for Thoughts' version of yeah. We Three Kings, spliced together with "O Come, O Come, Emmanuel," which we'll have a listen to in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but. If you listen through those those harmonies, the the melody in the verse of We Three Kings and mm-hmm. then the the melody in O Come, O Come, are both uh, really awesome minor melodies uh, that they explore like the the tension of of dissonance, yeah,
1: in, which is things you just don't really hear in Christmas tunes, yeah, dissonance and all these cool musical compositional ideas that are not in the st- you know, in the like 10 most popular Christmas songs of all time. So they're just not, a lot of people might be confused or just not just kind of taken aback when they are used, which they shouldn't be because it's music and it's really cool. And we should just play around with this, which is why I admire Straight Note Chaser for doing their stuff, which is why I admire Group for Thought that they are putting the music um, ahead of just like the, uh, but they're using really cool compositional techniques to present the music in a fun and exciting way and make it um make it fresh essentially that's what we want we want freshness that's the that's a big part of why i get tired of doing standard holiday arrangements because i've either done them before i've done something like them and i we just you know we don't want to be bored acapella groups we don't want to be bored when we're up there performing Mm -hmm. because then it's worse for us and it's worse for the listeners so i think uh just kind of finding new ways to enjoy both enjoy the music and enjoy ourselves performing the music i think that's what this all kind of comes down to essentially
2: yeah i mean you know the uh when you when you examine music one mm-hmm. of the one of the biggest words that you come across is the word play yeah uh you know you play a song you play an instrument things mm-hmm. like that but you you need to you need to play yeah uh, when you when you, you gotta need, have fun when you do music you have to keep it uh enriching not only for the audience but for yourself yeah uh, and that's that's why it's so important to to explore the unfamiliar yeah especially in a time where familiarity is so paramount to the success of a tune mm-hmm. um so you know taking, just its
1: initial catchiness yeah. its hook yeah
2: taking what's familiar and making it less familiar mm-hmm. but in a fun way yeah you know Absolutely. and so I know that's that's for sure what uh, Straight Note Chaser has done a lot. Yep. That's for sure what uh, what Group for Thought does in this next song, um, but yeah, it's so so important. Yeah, uh, to to make sure that you don't burn out because as as a musician mm-hmm. in wintertime, if you if you aren't having fun, you will burn out, and which die. is ironic <laughs> because it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's take a listen to that really quick. I want to hear this because yeah. I am a big fan of it. Yeah. yeah, let's listen to Group for Thoughts' arrangement of We Three Kings and O Come O Come Emmanuel. <laughs>
4: Still proceeding Rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee oh. Rejoice,
0: rejoice. You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, your base for the lowdown on acapella. So that was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm, I absolutely. love that. It's just
1: a rich musical texture and a rich musical performance that uh, you know I'm I'm glad I've got to hear and I'm glad I think their approach uh, is an example of so many things we've talked about today mm. and just a way to make this more entertaining. It's hard, you know, if you're an acapella group leader, maybe don't try and do this specific arrangement if right. you know it's hard. It's really, really hard. But I think the thing that Duncan and I are trying to get across is don't abandon holiday music. Don't Decide not to do it, but recognize that there are different avenues and different rewards that can come from pursuing those avenues and per- from from pursuing different approaches. So we yeah. highly recommend to give holiday music a chance yeah. have fun with it. Program
2: it. Uh, program some of it for your audience, you know, mm-hmm. make them happy, but program some of it for your singers and some of it for yourself. Yeah. Uh, as if you're leader of the group or if you're a member of the group, make sure that you're getting a good experience out of it, too.
1: Yeah, because there are also if any three of those the audience the singers yourself has has a lackluster response or like two out of the three I would say if two Mm -hmm. out of three like maybe the audience isn't going to appreciate a really hard jazz arrangement of something as Mm -hmm. much whatever but if two out of the three are not enjoying it the other other one will not enjoy it Right. right? so And that's, you know, something we learned from Duncan's choral knowledge and his experience as a teacher. So, Duncan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. super fun. Yeah, 25th episode. You're the Mm -hmm. first third-time guest. It's been super fun. This is our holiday-themed episode, everyone. Mm -hmm. Always so so much fun to be on the show and talk with you. Yeah, absolutely, dude. So, everyone, I think that's going to wrap it up for episode 25 of talkapella if you want to get a hold of me you can tweet me at john lampus but more importantly tweet at the station at Occaville radio duncan if you don't want to see what's you're all about how can they do that find me yes <laughs> with like old sherlock style with a right. magnifying glass or uh,
2: I'm, I'm i'm not on twitter but uh i do have a facebook page mm-hmm. and uh, our uh Crossman Acapella is, still has its Twitter page. We mm-hmm. don't do very much anymore, but uh, mm-hmm. we're talking about possibly uh, trying to record some new stuff, even though were we all live mean? in different states. Um, so you can you can tweet us at AC uh, to get in contact with us and, and our acapella group, or you can come after me on Facebook. Do it. Uh, Hunt him <laughs> down. I think,
1: I'm pretty sure that you're, you're probably one of the only Duncan Toomeys, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm going to find that out
2: now. You know, I'm not sure how common of a name it is, but good luck trying to figure out how to spell it. Hey, there it is. That's the, <laughs> how you get the anonymity.
1: All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to another fun episode of Tacapella. I'm your host, John Lampis, here on Acapella Radio's weekly talk show. For everything acapella, please stay tuned.
0: If you love acapella music, and since you're listening to this, we're guessing you probably do, and you have a little extra time on your hands, then check out our volunteer opportunities. We have a ton of opportunities posted on our website. There are some in front of the microphone if you want to be a star. Or there are some behind the scenes as well, helping everything go smoothly. So check it out. Our website is acaville.com, and you can find a whole bunch of ways to help the station and help the acapella community.